Hey, this is Frank Caliendo, along with Robert Downey Jr. and Morgan Freeman. I wasn't even involved very much here. Thor, God of Thunder. It means poop, kind of like leading here. I am Loki of Asgard, and I'm burdened with glorious purpose. And this is Geeks of the Week. This is what I'm killing. I kill off camera. Yeah. It, no, I mean, you're killing off camera. Well, you're on camera now, so you can just keep doing what you're doing. You guys, oh, you just... man, I thought we were going. That's why I was so excited about my story. No, you know you know what? This is fine because, like, people who now are tuning in are just going, like, what the fuck did I miss? <laughs> we just... <laughs> it, you get, you always With me, you always have to hit the record button early and, and get it going before, which is, you know what? Actually, I actually respect you for not doing that because you didn't tell me that you were recording yet. A lot of times in interviews... People will like, especially with radio interviews. I don't know if you, the two of you know what radio is. You might be too young for that. But <laughs> what they would do is you'd call up the radio station and they'd start talking to you. The interviewer would start talking. And I'm like, okay. And they're like, no, that was the end of the interview. I'm like, but I didn't even know we were going yet. What did I say? Because you'll say things that you would never say. Uh, you know, on air, you, you would mm -hmm. talk about things that maybe, you know, I'm not talking about things that would get you canceled or something like that, but you might have information or something or something that somebody doesn't want you to talk about in public or some TMI. Yeah. So know? it was one of those, but I appreciate you uh, doing that, even though we, they missed the Todd McFarlane, Todd, Todd, Todd. We missed, they, they missed some great stuff. We got it. I, we got it in our minds now. Like I'm going to just hold on to that forever. And now we have a secret, Frank. It's it's like only between us in this room. When I when we were waiting for Megan, I was just waiting to see what period she was going to be dressed from and what color the eyeshadow was going to be. That's what like I commented like a week ago or a few days ago on her TikTok. I'm like, I you're not the same person twice. Like, <laughs> no, she has a way. She has a way of being someone different in almost all of her videos. It's kind of become a thing now. Whenever I see I, like, whenever I see her face, know. I'm like, who is she now? Ooh. Right. And aren't you disappointed when she has two the same look twice? Like when it's the same look, I'm like, bit. you're not being, that's not what you do. That's not your thing. That's not your I, niche. You know, I really, I really, you know, cornered, cornered the market on talking about a variety of different things and always looking like a chameleon while I do it. It's, it's really, I, I, I remember this one video you did. I'm not I'm not even shitting you. You did this one video where you found the light, like this golden lighting in your house. Oh my god, I missed that light. I, I straight up like I remember that. That was months ago and I still remember yeah. it. And and the words you said was I've somehow managed to find the elusive TikTok lighting that all these other TikToks seem to find. And I'm gonna use this to my advantage. And I was just in trance. I don't even remember <laughs> what you were talking about. I just remember the lighting and I'm just like, This is an elf before me. Like for <laughs> That lighting was remarkable, and I have this one window in my house where the sun sets directly in front of that window, but usually, like, if there's cloud cover or it's too intense, it's not like that every day. Like, it's only some days where – that day it was just – I was like, oh, my God, this is this is what they call the magic hour. I've seen it rarely. I can't believe that it's like this every day. Like, this is this is a, a find. I've got to take advantage. <laughs> I don't get that type of lighting anywhere. I just – because, you know. <laughs> This melanin, I'm trying to make it glow, but in this fucking part of my house, it doesn't glow as well as I would like it to. If I look beautiful now, wait till you see me in the sunlight. I need to start recording in the sun because then y'all ain't ready for it. Y'all ain't ready for it. Oh my God, yeah. No, y'all ain't, ain't ready for it. I'm just saying. I've got these I, fake lights all around me all the time now. It's like, oh God. <laughs> fake lights. I once, I, I once had to apologize to somebody. I didn't have to, but I felt the need to. It was, I, I, I took a picture and there was a, a black guy in, uh, it was in, uh, um, 
let's see, it was, uh, it was, it was in Florida. And I said, I am sorry because I washed out. I was so light that I washed out the entire picture. I'm like, Oh my God, how <laughs> white can one human being be? That's oh like, I'm God. like, it was like a light, but I've just looked, I was embarrassingly pale. It was like it was Jim Gaffigan. <laughs> yeah, it was so silly. Like I didn't, like, uh, well, this is tan for me, so I don't, I've never glistened ever. And look at the light that's coming off my forehead. This thing's peeking back. I don't know. I used to have hair, and now it's just slowly going back. All right, enough about If Lex Luthor can make it work, you can make it work. The announcer and the Super Friends would always, I talked about this on stage years ago, but that announcer in the in the Hanna-Barbera cartoons, uh, do you remember that? Like, meanwhile, back yeah. at the Hall of Justice. They would, the writing was so bad in those cartoons that the announcer would tell you what they were going to do right before they would tell you what they were gonna do. So he go, meanwhile, back at the Legion of Doom, Lex Luthor plans to take over the world. I have a plan to take over the world. Like, how many times are you gonna tell us? I mean, kids have short attention spans, man. They'll get five minutes into the show and say, what the fuck am I watching again? Oh, they're taking I, over the world, okay. Great. I guess. And it then they sense. just use they just use body parts from Scooby-Doo to save money. Hey. Hey, you know, you know, like with all those like type of like old school animation things, like some of those animations are like this. It's like the same. Like you guys ever realize that? Like when the Scooby gang is like running through like all these different houses, they just take that animation, lift it and put it in like <laughs> like a different episode. And then like I just as a child, I just ate that shit up. I was just kind of like, oh, yeah, they're just they're just running. This is how they run. But no, it's the same shit. I think it was money. And I think it was really money and turnaround, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, if they. They think that the technology was nowhere near what it is today. It would take them forever to to draw stuff. But I, there were probably some lazy animators too. You got some. Let's, oh, let's be real. Absolutely. <laughs> like uh, I mean, and, and truly, like as someone who has a background in animation, uh, a lot of times it's it's just the studios don't want to pay. Like literally, like they just they just want you to reuse as much as you can. Like Disney even. Disney had a, there's a, there's like so many books about how messed up Disney was like post Renaissance and pre Renaissance. They worked their animators to the bone, but like you'll see now, like on the internet side by sides of like mm -hmm. uh, Mowgli from the jungle book and Christopher Robin, like they overlay the same keyframe animation and they'll just like slightly change it because that's animators had to do what they had to do, man. Like studios will undercut and under budget and over, over promise so it's like, uh, yeah, I mean, but those those old days, um, those those older days of animation were like a, a simpler time when kids didn't expect so much. I feel like you could yeah. really just... I mean, yeah, when you're watching like The Jungle Book, like I, I literally just made a video about this the other day. When you watch something like The Jungle Book, you're not expecting like Oscar worthiness out of it. You're just there to see like a big bear sing about the bear necessities and a little boy yeah. in, in his underwear made of leaves like just <laughs> sing, a, sing a song with an orangutan. I'm cool with that. So like you're not really <laughs> thinking of like, oh, okay. they used this before. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take that. I'm going to take that and go off there for a second because I saw a post by you, Megan, the other day about how bad Thor was. Uh, the original I'm Thor. I'm not a fan. Yeah. Um, and I just, I just, it makes me laugh to go but that's how they learn as they're making these movies, you know? Yeah, for sure. That's for sure. the way you have to go back. Uh, personally, the way I look at it, I try to, I have a weird life. You guys have hugely strong and well-informed, smart, well-thought-out opinions. I live my life almost neutrally now because I don't, I'm so old, I don't even understand things anymore where I don't get, so I just try to learn. And 
but I, I feel I like I'm that age look. too. Whatever that age is, I'm so old I don't want to learn things anymore. That is yeah. My I, I, that, yeah I, it's not even that. I, I'm at that age where yeah. I'm, then there's you get past that and you get to old person where you just say everything you've ever thought, even if you're not supposed to say. The only really un PC people are old people. They're just yeah. like they, they just say what I hate that group of people. What group? I don't know. They don't look like me. That's everybody. That's everybody under ninety. Um, they're just saying how they feel it's amazing um because i still i still go back and i as silly as parts of thor are there are moments where i just get and again i was telling you off camera julian about how my my son was what got me into the mcu back into the mcu or back mm -hmm. into uh superhero movies more but then my daughter took over because she broke her elbow and um she couldn't do gymnastics anymore so or, or for the time and still is having issues with it but she got she watched guardian the Ga guardians of the galaxy and just fell in love with the comedy and action of that movie and then just now knows everything about the mcu so um i have emotional attachment to everything in the mcu in terms of what my daughter or even son where they were in life while that movie was going on, while that movie, while going to see that movie in the theater. It's like when you, like when it happens with a song and you're like, you can, you, you know, I hear, and this will be old for you guys, but I, I hear I'm the one who wants to be with you by Mr. Big. And I'll remember, I was in high school at the time and that was, I remember all my friends and the moments. Well, that's what it's like with the MCU for me to the point yeah. where when, end, you know, I'm in Endgame watching Endgame and I'm starting to tear up because I'm going through my my children's whole life uh, oh my god like i can only imagine crazy yeah, yeah so that's a, it's that's funny an to me way to think about that it's an interesting yeah. Way, yeah i mean i see so many kids i see so many kids these days that like even even i'm uh, like uh, it's a good amount older than a, than a lot of my audience on like on tiktok and and in general um, and I, I see people saying, oh, you know, like, well, I, I grew up with these movies and I, I consider myself having grown up with them, too. Um, but I <laughs> not in the same way. Like I went to go see Iron Man when I was in college, the you know, the first one. And so for me, it's very nostalgic because it was a, a different time in my life. But so many of these kids like seeing Iron Man for them is like akin to what seeing Star Wars A New Hope was for me. They were see watching it at home in their living room with their parents or with their you know older siblings or something. Um, and so it's really interesting to think that the MCU has that kind of huge presence on on people from from such a massive scale. And, and we're obviously in the thick of it right now. We don't know how it's going to age in the future, how it's going to be perceived in the future. But it's hard to imagine a world um, in the near future where it isn't considered this like big nostalgic piece of like our collective history. Yeah. You know, you know, with the MCU for me, it was very it was very like I it's it's funny because like I can say that I grew up with it a little bit, but like my adult self grew up with those films. Right. Like exactly. Two thousand eight. Yeah. I was in high school. I believe it was my it was my sophomore year in high school was when the first Iron Man came out. And I was, you know, I was trying to play basketball. I was trying to be the cool guy, you know, like I don't like nerdy shit. Like, I, you know, I just I'm a, I'm a basketball dude. Like I, I, I chase after girls. And is this is this when is this when James Harden was trying to steal your look? Is that this, 
James Harden tried to steal my look the year before because okay. we, because we won the state championship in 2007 and Iron Man came out in 2008. And I remember okay. at that point I was trying to be the new James Harden, so I couldn't let people know that I was like really we, into Marvel. You know, we've reached out to James Harden for a comment, but uh, we received no, no comment from James. Let's Harden, just tell so. him Robert Downey Jr. said, "Let's hear from him." Okay, so <laughs> he's a bigger voice. If we do that, you guys are probably wondering why is Kelly under putting on the sunglasses? He's inside. <laughs> Do me a favor, and how do we get this far without doing a Robert RDJ yet? Not, R- I... not Ro- RDJ, Robert RDJ. So do me a favor, enjoy yourselves, and let's see what happens here, okay? Because, <laughs> listen, uh, get on with the story, uh, the original James Harden, O-J-H, as we call him. <laughs> it's hard to, you know, yes, it's hard to continue when you're going this fast. Yeah, what that's I, the deal. Could you? When I tell you, when I tell you, I've been trying to, like, like get the hold of James Harden for years and years and years. <laughs> if I, Frank, if I would have had you in my life, he probably would have came to me a lot sooner. He probably would Oh my would've... God, we got to get on his voicemail with that. No, oh, yeah. Uh, I... Or, uh, <laughs> no, we'll do it with Charles Barkley. Yo, James, what's up, knucklehead? <laughs> There's a podcast about geek stuff. We really got to get you out. It's going to be crazy. Listen, Shaq, Shaq, tell him. He's going to get on there right now. I got Shaq to do a Trump impression once. It was Shaq Trump. And, and he's... he's He's like, this is luxurious. This is tremendous. Very, very good. And I'm like, I was like, I gotta, I'm gonna start you with that Shaq Trump. He's like, you have my permission. I was like, okay. <laughs> That's a combination I never thought I would have, uh, I never thought I would have heard. I can't remember what I was saying. Let me see. What was I saying? Uh, you were what, talking about I, Harden High School Basketball. 2008, Iron Man came out. See, that was so smooth. Iron Man came <clears> out. And I remember, like, throughout that whole entire, like, MCU run, uh, the MC was happening during high school where I was not trying to show my nerd side. I was trying to be cool. Then in college, I started to come out a little bit more and more. And then in game, I remember very specific. I remember the shit very specifically. It was Black Panther 2018. I was working at my first career job in advertising. We have this fucking blackboard behind us where we like, you know, people write shit. Like this is where people like write award winning ideas and shit. And somebody just looked at me and said like, hey, are you excited for Black Panther? And I shit you not, this is where the full, like, nerd in me came out. Like, this is where, like, the bu- the butterfly of Straw Hat Goofy, like, really arose. Is when I wrote down, I beautiful-minded the entire MCU, like, phase, catching my, my coworkers up. Literally, I had, like, 20 coworkers watching me write down each phase, what's important about which character, where the Infinity Stones are in this moment. And I was, Black Panther is important. Because he's the king of Wakanda. What's going to happen is in is Infinity War, they're going to go to Wakanda because I'm betting the Soul Stone is in Wakanda because in Black Panther, there's a place where the Black Panthers all see each other in the afterlife, their souls. And I just kept going and going and going. And then it, like when I was finished, I literally sat back and was like, this is who I am. So I went from like, <laughs> I went from 2008 a sophomore in high school trying to be like super cool, hiding my nerddom to literally a grown ass man in an advertising building, beautiful minding the entire MCU and not even being ashamed of it. So when I think of the MCU, I think of like the literal phases like of me, like coming out of like a fucking butterfly cocoon. So I see exactly what you're saying. Like, but don't, don't the two of you think that that's all changed people. You, it's almost, I mean, this is a metaphor for life itself, right? that um, a gay person used to, I mean, there are still things where people won't come out and stuff like that, but people used to not come out of the closet on their geekdom. But now, 
I, and I don't want to, I guess I'm, I'm making too much of a correlation here because I don't want to sound wrong. Um, but uh, backtrack from, take that away for a second. And say it's, it's almost trendy to be a nerd, to have that geek knowledge. Uh, and this is where I don't Absolutely. want to diminish uh, anything else on that side. So when people, you know, parse out the words and try and cancel me, but it's, um, but there's, it used to be that, I, it, listen, before Black Panther, anybody I knew knew nothing about vibranium. I would say something about vibranium, uh, just knowing that the, that's what the shield was made for, uh, for Cap, right? Mm -hmm. And, but as soon as um, it was, you know, a big part of Black Panther, everybody was talking about, the, and they'd all say the vibranium. You got the vibranium. So it's amazing how much Black Panther, not just culturally, but also in the MCU, brought people in to start paying attention to more of the details, that, you know, the smaller details that meant something to the other movies, which is kind of what you were saying there too. But to backtrack and, and to double backtrack, yeah, I think it's amazing how you know that geek the geek stuff used to be uh yeah you know it's the sports guy sports people would not know anything about it but now i mean it's mainstream i mean it is every I, everybody i love that it's it's blown up so much like it's so funny to me because when i was in high school um it definitely it wasn't quite trendy yet um and i you know people i went to a smaller school so people didn't really care about that kind of thing um but <laughs> I, I think it's hilarious now seeing people try and like gatekeep or or shame people for not having the knowledge because I just think it it's just so awesome that this is such a big part of our culture now. I as a, as a person who loves not only like all things geeky and comic books and and you know sci-fi and film in general, I also just love stories and I've always been like a bit of an escapist kind of person and. I think it's really cool that I can have like a full blown conversation with a lot of people uh, just about like, you know, oh, how cool it would be to live in the MCU or how to, to visit Asgard or, or you know, whatever. It's a, it's a conversation that I can have with people now, which is, I think, awesome. Let me let me tell you all something, man. I got beat up for this shit. I got. <laughs> no, no, let me let me let me reply to that. I believe it. <laughs> I got my ass kicked for liking all this shit. Me and my bro and my twin brother. I'm a twin, by the way. Surprise, what? surprise. I'm a twin. I, There's two of you. How me. did I not know that? You've mentioned your brother to me a few times. You never said twin brother. I have a lot of brothers. So whenever I mention brother, it could be any of them. Wait, but... I thought you were gonna say I have a lot okay, of identical? twin brothers. What if he said? What if he? But what if he said this? <laughs> I have a lot of twin brothers. Not even just octuplets. So I have a lot of twin brothers. We all share the same cloning... account. We all share that a TikTok. With the cloning process. <laughs> That's how you can churn out so much material. There's like, there's 30 It's all of clicking you. together now. I, I it actually, all makes sense. I actually sleep for four days out of the week. And a lot of that content <laughs> is in mine. It's my brother's. But I do have a twin brother, but he's more into like, he's into heroes as well. Like, you know, Marvel and everything, but he's anime. So everything, all my passion that you see me for like film and Marvel, he's that with anime and art. That's, that's him. Amazing. But we got beat up for that shit. Like every, like oh. all the time. Right. Until I kicked this guy's ass. Fuck you, dude. Anyways, where did you grow up? Where, wait, 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 wait. Where did you grow up? That you I, grew were up getting in in... I grew up okay. in Compton. I grew up in Compton. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it makes sense now. Right. So like. Yeah. Yeah, I never was thinking that the mean girls that bullied me were bad, but they never actually like hit me. They just really hit my 
in my feelings. It's it's different when it, it's, it's it's different when a gangster. My feelings. It's different. It's different when a crip punches you for saying like, "Hey, Fantastic Four is pretty cool." Um, so it, like yeah. that's yeah, but that you know what? I agree with them on hitting you on that one. I, I you know what. <laughs> If but you're I mean, talking about the movie. But I mean, it was a crip. And I'm like, but they wear blue. Is that okay? Like, it's you know, it's just, hey, it's whatever. <laughs> but so I got beat up for this shit, right? And now it's funny because when you say gatekeeping, Megan, it feels like the ones who got bullied for this shit are now the bullies who Definitely. are like, it's like it's completely flipped. But let me let me, let me me take you back to the end game. We all seen the end game reaction, like, you know, videos of everyone in theaters, like freaking out and everything. My moment, like my in-game theater moment was not only was the portal scene, but it was the splash page where all the Avengers are like kind of charging into battle against Thanos' forces. I fucking cried. When I tell you I cried, I'm talking like in my seat, bawling out because it was this realization that this thing that I got beat up for, that like I, that me and my brother were ostracized for, there's literally, there's probably a good chance that my bully, our tormentors, are like screaming at this same thing that we were excited for, and now it's part of like their culture, right? And like, I didn't feel like Mal was like, oh, I was here from the beginning. I was just thinking to myself, hey, now you guys see what I see. You guys are cheering for what I've been cheering for my entire life, you know? So it, it was just one of those like kind of like full circle moments where it, they, so they knew what beautiful. they were doing. Yeah. Fuck that guy though. I mean, for real. But that is such a good way to look at it. Because I do feel like a lot of people that, like, resent that this is something that they've... I feel like a lot of people that were ostracized or bullied because of, like, having these niche interests, they feel like like it's like an I told you so moment, like, where they can just be like, you don't deserve this. I earned this. Um, but I think it's really just about a perspective shift, about seeing, like... You know, you yeah, you you can take it with you like inside. Like you were right, you were right. This stuff was always cool, but it's also like I don't know. I feel like just enjoying the moment while you're in it because this kind of it's not going to be popular forever. Nerd culture is not gonna be mainstream and this popular like it is now forever. So just mm -hmm. like I think enjoying all of the media that we get, enjoying the fact that you know you can see other people appreciating characters that you've loved forever, like. Instead of instead of you know trying to trying to make it an exclusionary space again right. you know maybe it's it's all about choosing choosing the path you want to go down you know why choosing why do you think it won't continue to have just because everything goes in phases I I don't know how it can ever go back I, I really I mean, don't I think I do think that it, there's there's been enough of a cultural shift now that there will for it will forever be changed like i do think i was just having a conversation the other day about like virtual reality and and virtual spaces that are you know going to go the way of the future and i do think that like it there will be some especially with with the internet growing as much as it has like in the past decade um i think that media pop culture and uh nerd culture in general is it's going to stay a larger facet of our of our larger societal culture in general um but i do think that like there it's hard to imagine now but there is going to be a point when like the mcu was considered uncool and i don't know what's going to happen with star wars because star wars is really fascinating because it's a multi-generational multi-decade kind of franchise that no one has really been able to kill <laughs> thankfully because i'm a huge star wars fan but I, I'm just interested to see it because I have seen so many things come in and out of style. And 
I am curious what the extent of it is going to be. But I, I do think that we'll always have, I think people are going to, in general, be more educated on like pop culture and media trends in general going forward. I just don't know if those trends are going to change as quickly Wait, as they have in the past. Here's another thing to think about. It used to be that if you did a superhero movie, um, if you're in Hollywood, that would alter your career where you would not be able to do other movies anymore. You would be typecast and only get to do that type of movie. Well, now all the stars, stars are being hugely created this way to, to have huge uh, presences outside of that as well. But even giant stars and some of the most incredible actors in the world are now becoming part of the DC, what is it, DCEU, is it? But, uh, but DC movies or the MCU to the point where, and they're willing to do a lot of this when they go to the Comic-Cons. Comic-Cons used to be about, hey, going to see Linda Carter, right? I've talked about talked to Stephen Seamus about this, who's the owner of uh, Ace Comic-Con. It used to be that all the Comic-Cons were go see the people of the past. Well, now, it's go see who actually is the, the character. And he told this great story about, and Tom Hiddleston was the first person from the MCU that I met. And, and he was probably and the nicest person I've ever met in my entire life. So, um, and he's like, um, do you do a Tom Hiddleston impression? I'm like, and I am uh, doing it right now. So, um, <laughs> I felt that. But so so felt that. Hiddleston, Hiddleston, Tom Hiddleston, I, I don't know well enough to say anything other than that. But uh, Tom Hiddleston, the, uh, uh, Stephen Seamus told the story of a little kid goes to get his autograph from uh, at Ace Comic Con with with Tom Hiddleston, and he's looking at the picture and he's looking at Tom Hiddleston, and this is how much this is how great Hiddleston is and how much he gets it and how much he'll get into the character and have fun with it. The kid looks at the picture, looks at Hiddleston, looks at the picture, looks at the looks at Tom Hiddleston. Hiddleston lowers the front of his head and goes. That's right. I'm him. <laughs> and at that moment, he was Loki of Asgard, burdened with glorious purpose. And the kid was like, oh! so it's I think that the stars embracing this stuff even more and going out and meeting fans and being parts of those events. Um, and Hiddleston totally embraces like he'll he'll put on the Loki Loki horns. He'll do everything. And most of them, you know, they're that's fantastic. Some of the stuff they do. It's a different world of people trying to get away from having done it. You know, it, yeah. they, they used to say, I, you know, I don't, I'm not proud of, you know, be, being uh, Mega Man or something like that. Like, well, well, that's not the world anymore. It's now I am Steve Rogers. I was going to say, look at Chloe Zhao. Like, we've got, mm -hmm. it, it's not just the actors, we've got, you know, award-winning, incredibly acclaimed, acclaimed filmmakers signing on for these projects. Taika, I mean, literally some of, even even people give him shit, but Shane Black is, you know, amazing. Mm -hmm. um, there's there's so many great creators who have, and same same thing, I can't remember his name, um, the director who did Robert Captain Downey Jr. Winter Soldier. Sorry. <laughs> that's, that's him. Uh, people, people always get on me for loving um, Captain America, the first Avenger. Mm -hmm. uh, what? I love that one. I, I, I think one. it's amazing. I think it's such such an underrated film. Um, but it was created by Joe Johnston. Johnston. It was that, it was directed by Joe Johnston who did The Rocketeer, which The Rocketeer is another incredibly yes. underrated uh, superhero film that people don't appreciate. It's a different. It's very stylistically different. But 
yeah it's it feels like the rocketeer a bit if you ask me though it kind of has that it does kind of has like like that nostalgic like golden age like superhero kind of tone that almost reminds me of the richard donner superman movies and it's and it gave me what i was missing from like the and i know how you feel about the shay stoopsy but the (laughs) sam raimi spider-man movies which i still argue are like peak golden age like superhero storytelling like just just the way that movie is shot it's so optimistic it's so it's so uh it's so different than what the mcu was doing like iron man was very like i'm i can't do the impression but it's like hey like i'm (laughs) i'm a fucking rich ass guy who like sells weapons my shit is terrible but then you come then you go around to this guy hold on hold on can can you do it frank i'm a fucking rich ass guy who sells weapons how's that Exactly what I was going for. It's it's all it's all listen, you gotta it's just one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That's how you do it. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Okay. I'll work on it. You see you got it. No. Okay, okay. Was that good? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Now people know who it is. That's pretty good. Yeah, you do. It's it's amazing how you don't have to and I know we're going off on a tangent here for a second, but this is what I do. You don't have to have the pitch of the voice one hundred percent to be able to get somebody, that's the thing that gets lost in so much social media stuff. You don't need to have, an impersonation is different than an impression. Mm. An impersonation or a, or a sound alike. That's why cartoon characters, you have to sound exactly like the person. You ever watch Dan Povenmire watch somebody do Doofenshmirtz? That is very interesting. You watch him do it and he, and he will be like, uh, that's not it, that's not it. Because he can hear every little nuance of what it is. But when you hear an actor talk, if you, you know, if you hear just somebody in their character, like I can do a, an Anthony Hopkins from, um, sorry, it's going to be Thor. Um, but if you hear, whoever holds this hammer, if he be worthy, she'll possess the power of Thor. So you just have to have the da, 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 da. You know who it is, like Christopher Walken, you know the cadence. You could be high, you could be low, you could be in the middle. Barack Obama talks slow at the beginning, speed up at the end pretty similar to what I do but you know who it is based on those cadences um and it, it you can just play around it me I get judged on it every day like I can't just throw one out there that's okay because when I do people are like that's your thing it's not good enough I'm like oh, wow. then let me get rid of my thing and, you know, it's... <laughs> the internet are the worst <laughs> Oh, the internet man. are the internet is the expert of things they have never even attempted to do and they will tell <laughs> the actual expert that they're wrong it's like it's yeah. like the it's like the Avatar: The Last Airbender thing, where like you know, have you watched Avatar: The Last Airbender, Frank? Um, mm-hmm. You know, you know, you remember the uh, East Island play, the Ember Island Players episode, where the gang is like watching the the play of their life, and Zuko's just kind of like sitting there, he's kind of like brooding and everything. He's looking at his character like that's not me, and he goes out, and his kid looks at him, and he goes like, "Whoa, cool Zuko costume, but your scar, it's on the wrong side," and it's like. What the fuck you mean? Like his scar is on the wrong side. It's a scar. <laughs> what are you talking about? So people will always find a way to criticize the actual, the the real deal people from the from the actual thing. Uh, back to wrap it back around to like you know big stars and like the MCU and just superhero films in general. Like we got to remember that now these big stars, directors, what have you, they're forming like 
attachments to these characters to these properties like there's there is a when you think of iron man it's now synonymous with robert downey jr and it's because he loves that character tom hiddleston yeah. is in love with the character of loki chris hemsworth is in love with the character of thor even hugh jackman was in love with the character of wolverine where yeah we're excited to see who else is willing to take that on but hugh jackman put his all into every single time he put in that performance. And it's that type of passion that inspires other people to kind of like not only jump into the universe, but just to see where else they can take it, right? Like, I mean, Joaquin Phoenix gave us probably one of the best incarnations of the Jokers that we've seen. Same thing with Heath Ledger. It's because they took the character seriously. And so now we have stars like Julia Louis-Dreyfus coming into the MCU for a cameo in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And it's like, holy shit, this is this is a real party. Like this is, this is actually going on and it's, it's incredible. So I think like, like in terms of, um, is it going to last? I'm very, I think it's, I, I like to think that it will. I'm curious as to how, because comics in general, like they have this thing that Stanley called the illusion of change, right? Where you can keep those things going forever and ever. It just goes in this cycle. Whereas like films, by their nature, have an ending. Even franchises have their endings. So yeah. with this MCU mega franchise, it's it's curious to see like where exactly is it going to end. But I always think that there's this funny thing like if they truly do want to keep going, they're gonna have to start scraping the bottom of the barrel for diversity because up until now, I feel like they're doing that because you know the first five Avengers we've already, the first six Avengers we've talked about, all white people, one woman. Yep. And then, yep. you know, now they're expanding into the Black Panthers, the Shang-Chi's, the uh, Eternals. And so if you want to keep it going, you're going to have to tell those stories of the characters that don't all look the same. And so yeah. I feel like that's the key for it to keep going because the Avengers lineup five years from now is not going to look anything like the Avengers lineup from Avengers Endgame. And I feel like that's a that's a good thing. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think that Disney is the king of reinvention and they're one of the corporations and media moguls that have i mean like someone asked me the other day uh why movies that are considered like under the disney umbrella don't have the disney logo in front of them like the marvel movies and i was like well because disney is the king of branding and they only put their disney logo with the castle in front of films that fall under that specific family family friendly umbrella specifically their animated films uh, because they they have they've low key produced films forever that don't fit into that branding um, under their smaller their smaller production company titles, um, and it's you know I, I do I do think that media is going to be forever changed, and I'm hopeful that uh, institutions like the Academy Awards are going to start taking into account these different genre. Um, the the like, Academy Awards are going away. I, got, I hope so. I'll tell you I why. Mean, I'll tell you why, because it, it used to be interesting. All award shows are going away. Um, and this is me trying to be like you guys with an opinion. Um, <laughs> and the reason is it used to be the only time you ever saw stars together. You, you, it used, to, it used yeah. to be the only time you would see the stars as themselves doing something. Well, now social media puts everybody out there all the time, whenever they want to release it, however they want to release it, to the point where that's not special anymore. The winning the yeah. award, it, I guess is special, but people don't even care. People don't care. Yeah. They just want to see, they'd rather see behind the scenes access to a person in everyday life than they would see them in the gown accepting the award. 
I don't think it matters anymore. Old, older people, older school, it might end about where you got your ages. Younger people, my son, his friends, my daughter, her friends, don't care about any of that stuff. And yeah. I think the diversity, like you were talking about before, I think that's all, it's all a natural part of what's happening to, to, to make sure everybody does become part. I mean, how much did Black Panther draw Black people into the MCU. I, I'm asking. I, I don't know because, but my feeling in general was it became hugely more pop popular and more diverse of an audience once uh, Black Panther was out. Am I crazy? I can confirm. No, I can confirm. Like, I can, like, confirm. like I, I can confirm. Like, as as a blurred black nerd, in case nobody knew, uh, as a blurred who was into Black Panther for a very long time, he I've always said he's been my top three favorite superhero like of all time. People, people, black people weren't really like in. If they were into Marvel, it was very casual, and they would like either know about Black Black Panther like adjacently, just kind of like in their peripheral. But they always knew about like kind of the big ones like Spider Man, X Men, Fantastic Four, whatever. But it wasn't until and then like even when it came to the MCU, they would be like, oh yeah, those movies seem all right, but I'm not really like trying to get into it. And I'm I would hate to be the one to speak for all black people, but it just seemed like when Black Panther came out, and I and I can speak from experience there was not one dashiki <laughs> that that was left on it that was left on a shelf there were people that i would talk to during those premieres like hey yeah so like how long have you been watching the the mcu like are you excited they had no idea what was going on they had no idea what an infinity stone was at the time they had no idea what a thanos was what a uh what a hawkeye was they were just kind of like yo this is just this is this is our guy. This is Black Panther. He's a king. It's in Africa. It's, it's it's a it's futuristic. We're here to support that. And black people people have been doing it for Tyler Perry for years. Like okay, we've been doing that for Tyler Perry. Even though I call him extremely mediocre, still respect him though. Uh, Sunday after church, it was a the new Tyler Perry uh, movie came out, and we were all gonna go see it, whether you want it to or not, because it's Tyler Perry and he's doing it for the culture. Now, <laughs> it's like Disney and Marvel are doing it for the culture. And it's not like nobody's going to church in the movie. No one's like dropping down to sing like some type of hymn or anything. No, this is a black dude kicking ass and he's going to be, we're going to potentially see him with like the Hulk at some point. That's what it was all about. So like you're abs like, I feel like you're absolutely right when it came to like a lot of black people weren't really into it till Black Panther came out. And that's just the power of Marvel at this it, point. But and inclusion, right? And, and showing people that's an important uh, an important aspect of what they're doing so and comic books comic books have always been about that as cultures evolved and our culture you know culture you know u.s culture i'm going to say as that's evolved you've seen comic books evolve and there have always been people pushing the envelope uh in in comic books and now it becomes part of the movies you go back to thor again it was a, it was the easy tell of the story, right? It was fun mm -hmm. to me. It was fun. Yeah. There's just I just look at it as like a kid watching it. It's when you know when when he gets the hammer uh, at the end, he's finally I'm worthy. You know, he's, he realizes he's worthy. All that stuff. Um, the character, you know, you could see why Hemsworth. Hemsworth is a very funny guy. Um, I met him a few years ago as well, or a couple of years ago with my daughter, and he's. One thing I said to him that I think he really liked was I'm like, I know people think you're really good looking and stuff like that, but God, you're funny. I go, I, I was like, uh, and I think he just liked that. Like, cause people, like when people were, when women were coming, these were women in their four thirties and forties, 
were going to meet Chris Hemsworth, they were literally fainting. I bet that, that wasn't even happening with Chris Evans. It was really odd. <laughs> yeah. Women were fainting going to meet Hemsworth. And he's this. I'm going to backtrack for something you said earlier, because Robert Downey Jr. actually believes he is Tony Stark. Have you seen him do that? He's like, we're going to yeah. go. We're going to Jupiter, a gaseous planet. We can't do that. We have the nanotech. No, we don't. You're not Tony Stark. What do you mean? No, we, we don't. We have the, I ha, in Infinity War, I created the nanotech. That's not real, Tony. I'm calling you Tony. But Chris Hemsworth is, he, he is Thor. He's that guy. He's that, you know, oh. he's just, he's just, he doesn't even have to say the words. And it's like there's subtitles underneath him. He's going, oh, you know, that's pretty good. All right. Okay. And it's like everybody's just reacting to him like he's speaking plain, like the words are enunciated very clearly. But that he's, he is that I guy. Downey thinks he's, that the, you know, oh, I he's love so me, he's I so love me some Chris Helmsworth, man. He's a, he's a magical man. I can say as probably uh, his key demographic for um, audience. Yeah. I, I, I get, I get the hype. He's a, he's a very, very good looking man. He's a family man. He's funny. He's, you know, that dude is a fucking got, alien. Okay. Yeah. Like, that's not a human. Yeah. And I mean, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, he I, has, I, I get it. I he has it. the thing, but he has the thing where he's charming and likable enough for guys who are intimidated by how good looking and charming he is that they want to be his friend anyway. Cause less, <laughs> a lot of times we average looking people are like, you know, ah, Wow, that is so annoying that it's so good yeah. looking. Yeah. It's just women do that too. You know, they'll be like, Yeah. You know, like you look at somebody that's gorgeous and like fake. Um yeah. but but with Chris Hemsworth, he's the he's cool, he's got that buddy, and he doesn't get to that creepy level of um frat boy annoying where you're like, Oh, I get the yeah. feeling like he's not a good guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's he's got he's got everything. He's got that magical. I think it's Osgodian. So Frank, how how did you kind of come into to this line of work? How did you discover your talents? Where where did it all begin for you? Uh, let's see. I um I went to school for broadcast journalism. I was always kind of a geek as a kid. I like watching Saturday morning cartoons. I still like Eek the Cat. I don't know if you guys remember Kumbaya, Kirky. All these old. <laughs> school things you guys might not even um because i'm what i'm 47 i'm uh, my the, the fat pushes out the wrinkles so i don't look as old as i am <laughs> um so let's see I, I went to school for broadcast journalism and I, I i thought i wanted to be a sports caster type of person or whatever because i just didn't know what i wanted to do and um I realized after visiting espn and stuff like that i'm it, it was never going to be my thing because fat um numbers and stuff like that and apparently words I struggle with so uh I just got into the silly side of it I I, I showed up at a, it was a junior in college or no sophomore in college I was at the University of Wisconsin Milwaukee I took a comedy sports class and they said uh you should try stand-up I'm like does that mean I'm terrible at uh, this improv stuff they're like no but you do all these voices and impressions we don't use a lot of that in this stand-up would be probably right for you. So I started doing stand-up. I showed up at a club and they started, they wanted to pay me right away, which never happens. So I um, I just started doing it. I was doing weird impressions at the time. You know, like everybody would do a Jack Nicholson. I was doing Tony Danza and Robin Williams, some, some different ones, you know? So I would go 
in and out of those. And people are like, nobody's doing anything like this. The internet wasn't around at that point. So um, impressions were seen as very vaudevillian, but I took from Robin Williams, Jonathan Winters, Jim Carrey, and would make morph it into regular standup to just talking about and make an observation. So it, in acting, they teach you to be curious. That's the whole point. In real life, we're curious to what's going to happen. In acting, you know what the next line is, but you have to tell your brain you don't know what it is. So with Al Pacino, he's so curious that even the simple act of turning on a light switch when flipping the lights on would be amazing. They'd be like, wait a second. You mean to tell me you flip a switch over here and a light goes on over there? Wow, <laughs> this is sorcery. <laughs> By the way, I'm Mephisto. No, um, so, <laughs> everything's um, Mephisto. <laughs> everything is. I should have done a post like that. I am Mephisto. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, so it's, it's, like, it's like having the take on somebody. So I always started doing that. And I went out to LA. I, first thing I got started doing colleges because I was only 24 at the time, 22 at the time, 19, 20, 20, somewhere between 21 and 22. I started doing colleges. I got called by people in LA to go, do, um, to go meet with networks. I went, am I boring you? Sorry, Julie. Um, <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> um, I thought about someone yawning and then I yawned. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, listen, I'm, I'm getting tired of my own story. So I went out there and they started offering me deals. Uh, I met with NBC. The president of NBC said, you want me to put you on Saturday Night Live? Me knowing that the president of NBC can't do that, said it would be an option um, because Lauren has to find you um, and, and they, they have to find you. And if the and network tries to put you on, it's bad. I ended up taking a deal with Warner Brothers with the WB to do a show called Hype. Um, and you know, it, it, they built the whole night about it. it you. It, it was called Hype Night on the WB. Three weeks later, it was the WB Sunday with Steve Harvey. So we knew we were getting canceled when that was all changed. <laughs> um, so I still, I went. Then I, um, I didn't even audition. They just put me on Mad TV for a while. Um, I went to do that, and then I started doing the sports stuff. And then I got really lazy because I was just like, "Well, I'm making crazy money doing everything around all these Hall of Famers. Just personal appearances paid me so much uh, that I would just do that." So doing a little bit of impressions as a kid doing a little bit more in college and you know getting into that the john madden thing was what really put me on the map for that but it also pigeonholed me hugely where people only knew me from the sports stuff but at the same time i had kids and all that was my just my trajectory was ah, I, i've got these little beings i gotta help take care of them because i you know everybody says they're worried about their kids but i i just felt too much guilt to not so um yeah, that's that's why I live in Arizona and everything like that's just a yeah, I just got away from it. Arizona's great because it's people who just wanted to get um uh, out of the Midwest in the cold and a lot of people from uh, California didn't want to pay huge taxes. So and you <laughs> yeah. mix that you you mix that with uh, a huge southwestern culture and it's pretty great the way there's just so much um going on here that really appealed to me. And I I live in a very family friendly area. And uh, my kids got, you know, have grown up in a pretty normal life. It's also why I haven't done a ton of different things. I always worry about, well, what am I, my kids got to go to school tomorrow. What are they going to think if I'm out there doing something really stupid on the internet? Because um, <laughs> I look at some of the things people do and I go, oh my goodness. That's like, if you just scroll through like your TikTok and even sometimes Instagram, you look and you go, 
oh man, people really want views badly for not yeah. like just the, the amount yeah. of butt shaking that's going on on uh on tick yeah like like you're you're look <laughs> there's a lot of butt shaking straw, but straw hat was the, he was he was conflicted there he's like ah yeah but i've i've <laughs> said i've said this like i've i've come across my fair bit of butt shaking on that app and um <laughs> me being a married man i'm a, i'm still a guy i'm still a guy right but, but it's 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 so because you've never had that like strike up like that that fear put in you when you're next to your significant other <laughs> and you're swiping through tiktok and then like immediately it's just ass you're like oop, oop, swipe aggressive swipe up <laughs> you didn't see that i you saw that i i swiped and up. you watch I'm, you watch one you watch one one for more than once well something you leave it on even if you look away and it, it goes through it twice all of a sudden they're all over the place yeah and then you have to start you have to start hitting the uh, not interested yes I, I, some and some stuff like tiktok has decided to start testing me uh on jail time uh because some of the stuff they're putting in front of me i'm like hey whoa 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 whoa, whoa. No, yeah. no no yeah. no there's no, a lot no. of like stuff that tiktok really needs to under like tiktok needs to get their shit together in a lot of ways but like there's a lot of actually dangerous stuff that they allow to stay on that app especially in regards to minors and it's like uh okay yeah. like there's i'm i'm very pro butt shaking although i do understand the sitting next to your significant other and uh the terror uh that comes with that wait exactly. a second yeah. explain to me why you're so pro butt shaking just because it's your your, your right to do it i mean yeah i mean i think that you know there's i see all kinds of things i, I literally the amount of unfunny TikToks that I see where people are just trying to mock other people for, for doing something like that or, or groups of people. I also see a lot of just like flat out like racist or misogynistic content that's literally just like right. it seems like it seems like people must be doing it just oh, to get attention. Absolutely. Because because there's there's no like what there is no way like like it, like foghorn leghorn isn't that fucking racist you know what i mean like yeah, yeah. it's just it's just insane and so like i i mean like if people if people i'm very like live and let live and and I'm, I'm totally cool with it but i do think that tiktok i've seen a lot of sketchy stuff in regards to like what tiktok tiktok will leave up from from minors and, and things like that which is which is really alarming i'm not <laughs> i'm not i'm not i'm i'm very concerned about the i mean i'm, a, that I'm afraid to take my shirt off on tiktok and then get flagged for so nudity and sexual yes, harassment <laughs> you yeah. know? Like show off the Absolutely. dad bots you gotta show like I, sometimes i want to you know show off the dad bot a little bit at the beach but i don't want to get flagged but meanwhile there's someone who's 15 who looks 30 who's shaking yep. their ass and again i'm just like stoops I am pro butt shaking for many, many reasons, but it's for many, many, for many, many reasons. My wait, wife wait, wait, loves wait, a good butt on, shake. Wait a second. We'll just get past that. Go we'll talk beyond, about it later. Go, go beyond two. I want to hear, I want to hear the, the many, many. Two I could see as you get to three, four, five reasons. That seems like. It's uh, healthy. It's, hel it's exercise. It's exercise. Oh. For okay. Three. 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 It is feminist. It's very feminist, you know. Yeah, there we go. It's empowerment. Empowerment, you know. I can name a bunch, but we'll get to that in another episode. I'll hold a whole episode on the on the benefits of butt shaking. Wait, we're gonna, we're gonna, <laughs> what have I done? Geeks to this of the podcast? week does twerking. <laughs> See, we've devolved into something. I don't even know what we are anymore. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but but uh, I had a, I actually had a question. Like 
like throughout this like TikTok like landscape, like you said, people are like so desperate for views. Like they'll they're willing to do anything, spute, hate, butt shake, things of that sort. But you, man, you're just honestly doing like what you were put on this earth to do, which is entertain people with your voice, with the talent that you found. Like with you like having kids, a demographic that TikTok is kind of like made for, like how are they dealing with like the fact that they hear their dad's voice on TV or wherever all the time. And now they see you like just racking up views on top of views on TikTok. Do you like appear on their FYP as well? Or how do they feel about you? Oh my like? God, they must they hate it. That. Hate it. <laughs> hate it. My son has said to me, he goes, you're on some of my friends FYP. Uh, can you stop? I'm like, no, I have to do some of this stuff. But I can't, you know, I, I, I wouldn't be, I'll be honest with you. I would not be anywhere on social media if it weren't for the entertainment business. The only reason I'm doing anything is because I took such a break from Hollywood, quote unquote, and trying and making an effort to saying, well, I've got to do something to get back in so people see me and I've got to hit some younger people. Although there's plenty, that's a, it's a misnomer that it's TikTok's only young people. There's plenty of old people. They're mm -hmm. the creeps watching. Yeah. Uh, they're the, they're the, <laughs> some of the stuff that, you know. They're the lifeblood. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But my my kids, my daughters can be okay with it. She doesn't think anything's funny, but then I put her in some and they get 500,000 views and she gets a little bit happier about it. But um, I don't, I, listen, you hit on something that's exactly true about me. I will, will not do stuff just to get views. It actually hurts me a lot. And it bothers me. See, both of you have something great. You, you stay in a, 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 a genre, but you speak truth. You come from your own truth. You come from what you believe, you say what you believe. And um, at this point, you still can 100%. As you get more and more known, it becomes harder and harder to do. Um, you were talking about people who spew hate and stuff like that, never good. But for somebody like me, who's known somewhat and has, at different times been more known, I'm very careful about anything I do because I'm saying, well, somebody could take this wrong. If you take this wrong, I've seen it on Twitter too many times where somebody takes what you say either out of context or they don't understand what you're saying. They say a joke, like I will run things past friends, like say, hey, this, I'm, this is the joke. Do you see anything else in this joke? And like, uh, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. Uh, so I pitched it, okay, so I pitched a show um, a while back that um, it, was a, it was an NBC Universal show. It, it got, it, they were gonna make it to pilot and stuff like that. And this is just about five, six years ago. And, uh, Somebody said, we, the a guy who lives in my basement, um, and it was true at the time, his name's Baxter, he lived in my basement. And they're like, well, we could probably make him a black guy. And I was like, no, 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 no. You're not thinking here. A, a black guy who works for me that lives in my basement? Weird. Like bad, make him my boss, you know, or just a friend. But don't make him the guy, like you have to think about stuff like that because it's not done on purpose. It's not done to, do, do, but it's, it's you go, you go you have to think about this from different angles in the story you're telling. Um, and sometimes I think a lot of that can go overboard as well, but and that's just me personally, maybe you, you guys don't think that, but I, I look for that stuff. And I say, if there's, I look at this joke and I say, well, all right, it's a joke, but can this, is the, I'll, I'll run it past friends. I go, is this, is this a derogatory term in any way that I don't know? I mean, like, Am I am I that stupid? <laughs> and they're like, oh no, you're fine. You're you know. And then then I'm like, well, if I if I said something, and it's not like I'm looking for something to be 
on PC or something like that, not looking for something to to demean somebody. Because a lot of times I think a lot of, that's what I think we get lost in in comedy nowadays is what's 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 the tone? What are we trying to do? What are you trying to demean a different group, somebody that looks different than you or has a different culture than you? That's a that's a problem. But are you saying, hey, we're different? That's funny. We're on equal, you know, we 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 may not, I don't want to say equal. We should be, but you know, I understand your experience. I'm making fun of the like say the white guy in that situation. I'm saying. Like that's what Archie Bunker was, right? I heard Anthony Mackey talk about this recently. I, I, I'd love to get your both of your feelings. on Anthony Mackey was talking about Archie Bunker. And I, do you guys remember know who Archie yes. Bunker was? Yes. So Those everybody watched. Oh, geez, what are we doing over here, huh? Um, but he said, you know, white people, black people, everybody watched Archie Bunker, and go, he was racist and terrible. But there was something about him being out in the open about it, and you got to watch him, that you go. Okay. And George Jefferson, the same way. He just hated anybody who didn't look like him. But there was something endearing about that that you'd watch them. And Anthony Mackey talked about, I was like, oh, God, I love that he's speaking on this. Um, because, he, you know, he's in, he's, he, to me, and other, other people might think he doesn't get like He doesn't get it. I'm like, I don't know. That's, that's pretty fantastic. But the problem with what Archie Bunker was, people came to love him for being a racist. That was not the reason you were That's exactly to what we want. <laughs> yeah. Well, there are people. I mean, my listen, hero. I go, this is, this is a, yeah, there is that issue. Um, but well, and that, this is a common problem with parody or commentary where people, there'll always be this group of people that fails to see the message. Um, right. it, it happens all the time with like these, you know, red flag characters like it's a big uh stereotype now for people who are fans of fight club but they it's because they want to be tyler durden it's like good. point uh <laughs> it's over here like you you missed it you totally missed it um and yeah so i think that you know comedy is it can be difficult because no matter how hard you try i think sometimes there will be people who just like almost belligerently miss the point and and you can be as careful as you want to be and and some people are still going to interpret it because it, it comes down to the fact that people are gonna they're gonna see what they want to see some of the times um but i i still think it's important to try and i do think that like um characters like archie bunker um and and many more are are very helpful to illustrating you know the the ways, the obvious ways that you can point out someone's prejudices, someone's flaws, and say, "Hey, this is let's let's learn from this." You know, we can. But those people, it, those but we people, can learn from it. those people exist, and when they do, yeah. when they do exist, it's interesting to watch to be able to look in and see how they learn and mm-hmm. sometimes don't learn from something. And that yeah. can teach you yeah. something as well. It's, it's amazing. I, I, there, are no, there aren't opportunities for a lot of those characters anymore. And it, I think it, it, it maybe, listen, I don't want to say rightfully so, but I, it, when you start getting, because what happens now is like what you said, where people want to be like Tyler Durden, they want to be the character. It's like when we're messing with, when things are so close, um, you know, with, um, uh virtual reality and stuff where we're this close and you can get it people people think they're superheroes now too you know that's that's worse than it's ever been people think look at look at when you see somebody who's an instagram star or something like that they even tiktok people where you see 
you'll go, oh my gosh, this person truly believes they're a superstar and nobody knows yeah. them outside of that world. And they're acting like they're a superstar. And you go, you're going to get, you're, you're in for a rude awakening. I, I totally agree with you because like, you know, th there are people who, like you said, there are people who believe that they're just invulnerable to yeah. not only criticism, but just like, just like, oh, I can continue to be who I am because I have an audience of people who think the same way as me. And like, I constantly stoke that fire. Like this, yep. this, this joke that like, literally it's a, it's literally a joke. Like, you know how like some things wake you up in the middle of the night and then, you know, you just either wake up screaming. I wake up laughing at this. It's the thought <laughs> that when people watch like these movies, like let's say like the, we'll say like, take the worst like racist or just like even the most undercover racist you can think of. And they're watching all these movies with undercover racists and they're, these these characters are clearly positioned as the villain, right? They're the bad guys of the movie because they're racist. What do these people look at when they see the bad guy? Do they do they for some reason think that's the good guy? They do, like because I know you agree with the, what they're doing, but do you say like, oh wow, like like Michael Fassbender's character and. Uh, Twelve Years a Slave. He really didn't get what he deserved. Like he, he's he's I mean, totally a good guy. Ben Shapiro recently came out and said that he loved Empire Strikes Back, which not only makes me hate how much I love Empire Strikes Back, but it also makes me think, who are you rooting? Who are you rooting for, for? in this movie? <laughs> like, the Empire should have won. The Empire. The Empire should have won. <laughs> They, they didn't deserve to lose. You you need to understand, they blew up an entire <laughs> office filled with people, innocent people who were just doing their they jobs. They were just trying to do their jobs. They're just good employees. And they, they were just, just following just, orders. Following orders, and they blew it up. For what? For what? What did they ever do to you? You know, you know what? It's funny. You guys are selling me on it right now. It's bad. <laughs> <laughs> See, but this is, this, is, this is one of the things that, um, this is one of the things, I think this is, a, this is an interesting moment. Because you think differently than somebody and you like the same thing as you might like something that's similar that the same person. My, my thinking is in this world, and this is not where we're at culturally, and you guys might disagree or one of you might disagree, maybe the audience might disagree, that just because they think differently than you on a lot of stuff, why not take that one thing of commonality and go, hey, let's have a conversation about this and see if we can talk about other things too. Because that to me is the thing that we don't do. We never do that. Although that's what they try and do in most of these movies, right? They try and they find somebody, um, you know, somebody who's the bad guy and uh, take, take even Michael B. Jordan in uh, Black Panther. And he's not a, he's not a terrible person. He's, he was right. Some, and something's <laughs> hot, right? Something's happened. No longer was right. You can, you can, you can, you, if once you go from, the perspective of the person this changes everything i i i, I listen i'm going to tie this into even culture in general if you were you know when they find old tweets from somebody and they find something that somebody says that's racist or something do you know how they got that way who was raising them or who was around them mm -hmm. it's not because who they were yeah. it's because somebody taught them to be that way and that's all they were ever around so people evolve and learn and we're all tribal. I mean, not that it's right, but we are. If if you, if I look like you, you look like me. Something there's something in our brains, I believe, that goes okay. And it comes. It probably comes back from, you know, when when cultures would invade other uh, 
you know, countries invade other countries. They're like, ah, you're not one of us. You know, so that's, there's a little piece, but you have to fight that. You have to fight that and go, okay, we're people, we're people first. Um, but that, all that stuff just in general, to me, it's all about going back to the main point was find the things that, that you, even funny you might despise. It's, it's really hard when you truly, truly despise the person. I'm not saying you have to pretend like you like the person, but if you look at somebody uh, somebody, um, you know, somebody you disagree with politically, and you go, "I don't ever want to hear from that person again." I, and I've had people, I've had people at my house. There were people that used to live in a part of my house that said some things that were racially just charged and wrong, just racist. And I told my wife, "They can, they can never come back." I go, "That person's not allowed in my house because of that's." They, and there was nothing like they, they're blatantly terrible people. And I'm like, no. They're gone. Do not let them back in the house because it. Now, you know, I've I've said things with friends and stuff like that, black friends or whatever. That you know, then they'll make fun of me for some, you know things you say and just be goofy together. These people were saying things that like you're like, I, I shouldn't say goofy together. I mean, just like understanding. It's an understanding of hey, I understand where you're at, and I'm kind of making fun of myself at the time, uh, or, or white people, I guess. But I, but these people like I'm like. You're not allowed. They do not come back. Not a step in this house ever again. This is a bad person. And she got this. She got it. But she's like, well, they used to be friends with my dad. I'm like, I don't care. It doesn't matter. That's not that's that's not that's the person watching, um, you know, Fassbender or, you know, watching somebody in one of these movies and being like, I don't get why they have to be. I don't get why this is happening. Yeah, so it's, you know, it's, but I do it's, think, I do think if we look at other people and, and you just listen to, you know, you might not like a lot of what somebody has to say, but, and it's hard sometimes, but that's, that's the thing we're missing when we can just, e you know, t I used to say email, it's an old man, but we can just put stuff out on the internet and say stuff without seeing other people's right. faces and understanding. It's like Breaking Bad or that's, any, any film, any yep. media that has this, a villain as a, as your central POV character. Who's the like, villain it's... in that? There's, there's no. <laughs> so let me let me do a quick because this is actually personal. This is so the the um the great one of the most interesting things I've ever seen because I've never I have not been around a ton of incredible actors, uh, but I did a sketch or I was watching a sketch. I wasn't in the sketch at Mad TV. Brian Cranston was a guest, and I have never. I have never seen anyone that good in a sketch in my life. That's how great of an actor. Like he, it was with, it was, I think it was with Mo Collins. It was with Mo Collins. It was with Mo Collins and maybe Michael McDonald, but he just was doing things. He was finding things to do where there was nothing that normally you stand around and wait. And if the camera's not on you or something, you might not be doing as much. He was just doing things. And he was, I was like, this is what real acting is. And he was in a sketch. I'm like, holy cow, this is 10 levels above anything I've ever seen in my entire life. Brian and this uh, is the man, dude. Oh, ah, so good. I am the one who knocks. You know, that it's just, he's uh, amazing. So I'm sorry, but I just wanted to throw that. No, yeah, he's he's incredible. Yeah. He's incredible. What are, uh, so what are some of your favorite uh, things that you've gotten to work on and actors that you've gotten to meet? And what are your favorite impressions to do? Uh, I don't even really like doing impressions that much, to be honest. With you. <laughs> really? I really don't. No, wow, we got the scoop. We got the scoop. No, because part of it's because I just uh, uh, like I've done it for so long. It's just and it's pigeonholed me so much. 
Um, the people that I met, you know, because of, listen, I'm, I'm somebody who does this stuff. I won't go up to people and say things to people or meet, try and meet people for myself, but for my kids, I will do it. I've met a lot of sports people. My son's uh, met JJ Watt, um, uh, Kyler Murray, like all kinds of people. Um, but uh, my daughter, I started taking her to these Ace Cons, Ace Comic Cons, and going backstage and meeting people. Um, Tom Hiddleston was probably, you could just see the magic in him. Um, I'm jealous of that one. I've got, a, I've got a crazy story for you. This is probably my, my best story. <laughs> you can tell me. So I went to, we went to uh, Seattle, Ace Comic Con in Seattle. Um, and the, the people, there were so many great people there. It was Don Cheadle. It was, um, yeah, it was uh, Chris Evans, Josh Brolin. Hold on, I gotta stop you there. I gotta stop you. It's Christopher Jamal Evans. Is how we, <laughs> is how we refer to him. I could do, <laughs> do this all day. Um, <laughs> so we, uh, so I called my agent and said, because I have the same agent as a lot of these people, the same agency. And I said, I, I want to meet Josh Brolin because Josh Brolin actually used me. He and Oliver Stone used me as reference material for the movie W. Oh, wow. So I have an interview. Yeah, I have an interview. Uh, I had an interview on tape or on video from the internet or whatever. That's Josh Brolin saying like great things about me. Because Frank Caliendo is the reason I was doing the George W. the way I was in that movie. I also have Oliver Stone saying, yes, Frank Caliendo, you know, we watched him, something like that. Bro. So I wanted to meet Josh Brolin, um, but they're very busy at these things. So uh, because they're constantly taking pictures. So we go through and take a picture and um, it's me and my wife and my daughter. We go to take a picture with Josh Brolin and Josh Brolin has this look on his face of what? And you could tell he's, he's not, he, he doesn't know what's going on. So later I, um, I talked to the agent and we hadn't met, um, we hadn't met Brolin yet. And I was like, I, we took the picture but I didn't get to talk to him at all really. So I finally said to my agency, I go, I'm leaving the agency if you can't get me into, this guy knows who I am. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't want to say anything, but uh, <laughs> I'm going to leave the agency if we don't meet him. So it finally gets hooked up. We go in, they're like, okay, you can, you can meet him, but uh, Chris Evans is there. Is that okay? I'm like, I'll deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> so, suffer through that. yeah. So my daughter had taken a picture with him before too. I never take pictures with the people. I just feel like it's weird, but um, for me, like I abuse it and then post it all over the internet or something. Like that. But uh, so we go in and um, we, we start talking, I start talking to Josh Broly. He's like, I knew it was you. I was like, really? He's like, yeah, because I didn't know why you'd be here. So then um, we're talking about the, the movie W a little bit. And he's like that, he goes, that's, that's exactly, it was you, you know, it was you. And Evans look, looks over, he goes, wait a second. What role, are you, what are you doing? And, he, and uh, Brolin goes, he helped me with a role. He goes, what role? And I'm like, Thanos. And he's like, what? <laughs> I was like, he, and Chris Evans then goes, wait a second, who are you? And I go, Frank Caliendo goes, oh my God, oh my God, do mad, do some mad. He's like, when you did Belichick, I was on the I was on the fucking floor. He keeps hitting me. He's put like so. Chris Evans is smacking me in the shoulder. I'm like super soldier serum, please. Oh he's like, my just, gosh. So he's smacking me, and um, 
we start to tell him all about the story of my daughter breaking her elbow and then she gets into the MCU. He's like, wait a second. So you, you didn't even watch uh, these movies until you broke your elbow? And then uh, bro, he, she'd been talking to bro and like, yeah. And like, I am inevitable. I'm like, no, you're not. So um, <laughs> we, we're, now they're behind for taking pictures and they're shooing us out. And it's like, we got to get a picture together. Everybody take a picture together. Another, I'm like, we already got a picture with you. He's like, no, you got to do another one. So we do the picture. <laughs> We leave, you know, they got those pipe and drape things, those curtains and stuff. We go out. Ten minutes later, we're still, you know, my daughter's like, this is unbelievable. Ten, ten minutes later, um, Evans comes out. He sees me. He's like, Frank. And he, he's like, motions come over. So we talk for a couple minutes. And he says, he's like, you to be around the rest of the weekend? I'm like, no, no, no. We got to go tomorrow. He's like, oh, man. Like like Chris Evans and I were going to hang out. Um, <laughs> yeah. Howling commandos. No. So... Uh, <laughs> I don't know what, you know, I don't know what, but that's, it was a great, great conversation. Then he had to go back in and do his thing. Um, so then my daughter goes, that was, that was the greatest thing I've ever been a part of. I'm like, what do you mean? She goes, <laughs> he didn't have to talk to you that time. He wanted to talk to you. I'm like, Hey, 13 years old and the peak of your life has already happened. No problem. Super dead. <laughs> Uh, that is I'm a like, super dad moment. I, I, I would, I'm, I'm jealous. If I were oh, you, I'm like, you can never call me uncool in your life. Ever. Literally. Like, well then, but then see, then we got, then we went to the one in Chicago and then she got to spend maybe three or four, maybe probably five. Yeah. We, we hung around. We didn't talk to him the whole time, but we were just there. We were hanging around Chris Hemsworth for maybe 10, 15 minutes as he was doing pictures and stuff. And then she got to meet Tom Holland um oh, yeah and she's listen the funny thing about tom holland is like we would go to they'll do it was him and jake jonah and they were doing the you know the the, the stuff on stage uh, the panel stuff and she's like all the girls are skirt little girls are screaming and juliet's like I'm like what <laughs> she goes they're not real fans they just they only like him for spider-man because he's cute they don't know that his brother did this and there's a, like she starts going through all this stuff hey. and he's doing He's doing the movie Cherry right now, and you know all these different things. It's like they don't know anything about it. I'm like we well, are a little bit snooty, but okay. So the people, yeah, this is these are these are my dad moments. So she's gotten to meet my daughter's gotten to meet um, Cheadle very quickly, but uh, Brie Larson, um, who was maybe the nicest. Like Brie Larson gets for some reason gets a bad rap from people. I don't know. I thought she was. She couldn't have been more pleasant and nice and so human nice. to people. That's what I've, I've learned so much about how great un she is. And unbelievable. It's so frustrating. Watching her ask questions to people and stuff like that. Um, so Evans, Brolin, uh, Hiddleston, and then she met, uh, she's met some people outside of that too. Like um, it was so funny. She, she, what's his name? The guy who plays um, Jon Snow. Um, oh, Kit Harrington. Kit, Kit Harrington, King of the North, King George. of the North. Jinx. Um, <laughs> she got to meet him too, but she, but he wasn't part of the MCU, so she didn't know. You know, she didn't know Game of Thrones where I go, but Eternal. Not yet. yet. Uh, yeah. I think there's a rumor, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I think it's confirmed. Isn't he in for sure? I thought he was. I think in he's for in sure Eternals. Eternals. Yeah, right. Black yeah, Knight. yeah. So back then, I think I think there were I think there were whispers back yeah. back at, at yeah. that time that you must. He's reuniting with a with a Rob Stark, his brother. Uh, yeah yeah mm -hmm. so um so uh <laughs> so yeah she's gotten she's gotten to meet all those people and well as when that stuff comes back i'm sure she's going to want to do some more of it <laughs> so i'm going <laughs> to live up to it. 
but yeah, I have, I've whored myself out so badly for, for my, I mean, my you've got to get in, in a Marvel movie now at this point, right? You got, you got to hey, be, I'll play, I'll play the cop. Who's like, Hey, can you believe this? What's going on? Right here? <laughs> Unbelievable. I mean, let's start a petition. Let's let's get it happening. Honestly, like I really, I really need you to like. If there's like another version of a play, like how they did with Thor Ragnarok, how they're oh my god, Matt Damon played Loki. We gotta get you to play like a version of like Rob Play Tony Stark or something. Taika Waititi's doing that, isn't he? He's doing that in um, you know, because uh, Russell Crowe's in it as well. By the way, Chris Hemsworth, Russell Crowe, um. Same guy. Well, you know, all right. Okay. Yes. Oh. Um, I lost my train of thought again. We've been doing this for six <laughs> hours now. So. We, we've been doing it. We have been doing it for a while. And I think like it is Mother's Day. So we probably should be. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. God. Oh, God. <laughs> no, oh, we're boy. talking about oh, how Frank boy. is such a great dad on Mother's Day. <laughs> it, no, no, no. It's not, she's not my mother. She's my wife. <laughs> you know how many times I said that and got in trouble? Three. <laughs> I could just, I could just imagine her like on the door, just kind of like, is he really fucking talking about how great of a dad he is when he's supposed <laughs> to be spoiling me? Let me tell you something. Every day is Mother's Day around here. Straw I mean, that's hat. a good attitude. Nice, nice save. <laughs> nice fucking save. She got to meet Chris Hemsworth and Chris Evans too. So, meanwhile, I'm in the fucking doghouse. My wife came out the door just like. Yeah, yeah I'm not the only one that has full rights to do whatever I want to do. Yeah. So I am. You're good. And I need to continue drinking and eating. So you know. <laughs> do that. Do that. That's, I'm just gonna be. I'm just gonna be sitting gift. here basking in the glow of like what eight characters that we've heard today, and in one of the greatest yeah. and one of the greatest dads of all time. So I'm just saying. Yeah, great dad, not so great a husband. <laughs> Well, not everyone can be not everything. Everyone can do both. Yeah, you, know, you 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 got enough. I think. I think you you you've already. Since... Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, and I, I I would like to call this our tenant episode because we didn't even introduce Frank or anything. We just kept. We just started going. So I would like to do <laughs> the introduction at the at the end. The code open. Let's do it. Hey, this is Frank Caliendo, along with Robert Downey Jr. and and Morgan Freeman. I wasn't even involved very much here. Full. <laughs> God of Thunder. Yes, it was I involved. Okay, so can we just move on and get with this? Because Caliendo is going to just talk the entire, maybe do a little uh, Grandmaster. Yes, of course. Why, why, why? <laughs> My name's Coop. Kind of like lead in here. Is that what we're going to do over here? <laughs> so it's like, hey, Scoob, like, 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 who is it? It's Iron Man, and I'm going to fix everything. Get the dog in a nano suit, and let's see what happens. By the way, how come you can only say certain words? Is there a reason for that? I am Loki of Asgard, and I'm burdened with glorious purpose. And this is Geeks of the Week. Oh, you guys are in the, for a show. The, yeah, <laughs> that is happening. We're, we're gonna. We actually, that was amazing. We actually just got an intro song, so we're just gonna play that all throughout the intro. I think that would just <laughs> sound so cool. Yeah. I need a permanent audio of Shaggy saying "Hey, Stoops" instead of "Hey, Scoops." No, Zoinks like hey, Zoinks like hey, Stoops. I swear, oh my God. Oh, if you don't, dreams coming true. If you do not use that for like the opening to all of your TikToks, I swear like, to literally. God. <laughs> This is how you do it. Zoinks like, hey, Stoobs. Like, what's your opinion on this movie? Rut row. <laughs> this is going to be rubble. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This, I'm, dude, I'm sweating. Like, this is just, this has been the best. That's 
Yep, that's it really has. This has been such a delight. I didn't even try on this show. Next time we'll do this again and I'll try and you'll see what it's actually like. <laughs> Listen, as you're trying to end and go back to Mother's Day, just realize that I love you three thousand. Oh my god. Thank you so much. We love you too. Oh my god. Yeah.